0: We're recording today on the lands of the Jagera people and we pay our respects to the traditional owners here, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone, I'm Tim. I'm a digital marketer and small business owner. Welcome to Beyond the Owner.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Andrea. I'm a former registered nurse and midwife and a community advocate.
0: We're on a journey uh, to find what our community members think are the big problems and, and big solutions now that we're emerging from the pandemic. And today we're we're chatting with Nick Robertson, a high school teacher and entrepreneur. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick.
2: Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Hi, Andrea. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks.
0: You've been a teacher, Nick, for um, 13 years, right? Yeah. And can you give us just a really kind of quick overview of your teaching career?
2: Cool. well, uh, I started teaching because I was—I um, used to be a chef. I used to travel the world with Cirque du Soleil, and uh, one of my jobs was to teach the young performers how to cook. And I just—I just—I just loved it. I, I loved teaching them and seeing their, their journey. So when I got back from from working overseas, I started my uh, degree in teaching, and uh, ever since then I've been teaching at schools. Uh, in Logan, uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast. But yeah, so quite a diverse, uh, array of experience, I'd say.
0: Yeah. And you've also got a side hustle. Yes. Um, you're the, you're the founder of an app called SwapU, not, not in the education space, but, um, tell us, yeah, tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. So SwapU is all about, well, it's, it's about swapping. So, so my belief is that we have so much stuff in the world. We have so many things. Um, and we hold on to them beyond their use. Uh, so when we can't sell things, mm. we we just we just hold them and we keep them under our beds or in our garage and, and we don't move them. And eventually, along comes hard rubbish day and we throw them away. When in fact there was so many times that we could have uh, swapped them and got new experiences. Swapped a basketball for a hockey stick and started a new sport, or swapped mm. a, a dirt bike for a jet ski, or. Or tried something new, but because we have cash in the way, which seems to be the only way that it, that we want to trade, if we swap and trade instead our goods, then uh, yeah, it's my belief that we can have a, a much richer experience in life that's not locked behind money.
1: That's a good idea.
2: It's a
0: it's a great idea. I really yeah, I really love it. And I, yeah, with with that whole. Um, need for us to be more mindful of our our waste and um yeah just the amount of stuff that ends up in landfill i think yeah this this concept is excellent so yeah really really good and it gives
1: like i know with kids too because they they kind of have seasons where they want to try different things you know so Mm. it's sort of like oh this time i want to try archery Oh, this time I want to try, you know, rollerblading or whatever, you know. And they mm. kind of have seasons where they want to try something, but yeah. then it stops. And, yeah.
2: and kids too, you know, don't have don't have money, and you know, you'll often see kids trade Pokemon cards, and, you know, marbles when I was a kid, or, or whatever it was. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you use what you had as your currency, and there's yeah. nothing stopping yes. us from being able to do that. Uh, and now, when you know, when we're older, ownership sort of puts a everybody wants to own something but I think if you buy something once you swap it 10 times and it's like you've got 10 different things um, don't let the item own you you know that's the, that's the old, the old saying yeah
1: yeah that's good
0: yeah great we'll put we'll put the links in the show notes to that um, but to, I guess to take it to take us back to to um, education we're recording uh, this in December um, and although this this episode, won't be live uh, until January. Right now, there's a story um, out in the in the Courier Mail talking about this this headline of dire teacher shortages in Queensland, and you know, very sensational kind of numbers in that. Um, there's this is kind of connected to you know the the Queensland state government um, mandating you know double dose vaccinations in in teachers, but now. Since you're you're on the show, Nick, I really were interested in in your thoughts on this, and what are you seeing, kind of at the at, at, on the ground?
2: Well, yeah. Well, I I think a lot of that is is beat up to sell newspapers. Um, my my opinion is, I mean, my opinion based on my my experience, which is that I haven't seen or heard of anybody who was who was who giving up teaching because of because of the mandate. I mean. It's, it's something that you, you know, I, I get every flu shot and everybody, I, lots of people do it and it's it's very common with teachers to get flu shots because kids are so full of germs. remember the first time mm. I ever, my yeah. every, first time I ever, um, my first day of, on a teaching crack, a kid sneezed in my face and it was just a kid thing, you know, they didn't mean to do it, it was a very, very small yeah. child. I was sick for I think probably two months because my body had never encountered this. You know, I'd build up an kids immunity. <laughs> These yeah. Kids Kids jam. So we, we have a you know a strong a strong culture in, in teaching. of already been vaccinated for, for lots of things anyway, um, and you know, I, I so I, I don't see that happening. But that's a you know that's a personal choice that everyone's allowed to make as well. But uh, I can't see it. I can't mm-hmm. see there being a dire a dire shortage. Yeah, there's probably lots of other reasons that teachers leave. Um, I love teaching, and and kids, no, but it's a challenge. I think
1: they thing. are like, I think they are like an older um, cohort, aren't they? Like, um, hmm. you know, isn't it an aging profession? Kind of yeah, like nursing.
2: Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, you you do find um, several years ago actually they were paying teachers to to leave the profession because it becomes a becomes a job where passion is so important and they were finding that people were just yeah. staying in the job because that was the one job they had, but they didn't really want to be in there. So I think it was about eight, eight to ten years ago, they were paying teachers $50,000 as an early retirement uh, benefit. So um, there are many reasons that teachers leave, and this for some people might be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but I, it, I wouldn't say it's the lead; it's, it's going to lead, a mass exodus. That's, yeah. that's only a personal opinion.
1: What I was getting at, though, was like I heard during the pandemic that um, the teachers were upset that they weren't given PPE, um, you know, protective things like, you know, masks and things like that, you know, that um, and and that they felt that they weren't being protected from, you know, children um, passing on these um, COVID, for example, and and that they weren't, you know, they weren't being looked after, you know, especially like way back in March at the beginning Of 2020, you know, um, where they had the outbreak originally and they were deciding whether or not to shut the schools. And they said, oh, no, children don't pass on COVID. Um, They don't transmit COVID. So you can keep the schools open. Um, And so teachers, you know, they were talking about teachers being kind of feeling let down, that they weren't being protected. Um, And, you know, saying, oh, we've got a lot of elderly, uh, or not elderly, but like older teachers. And so it mm-hmm. seems like a bit contradictory. They were saying, you know, yeah, it's it's sort of like they were saying, oh no, we're not being protected. Um, yeah. But now it's yeah. But
2: yeah, I think that's been a, that's been a, something that's happened throughout the, the pandemic. There's been a lot of has been a lot of miss, misspeak, I guess, and confusion. Um, and you know, I I think the the one thing I'd love is consistency across all of this, you know, that that would be great. Um, because it seems to me that it's a, if it's a disease, then it's going to have one way of acting and we should all do what we should all do together rather than everybody having their own rules. Um, but yeah, when it comes to PPE, I mean, everybody, you know, you've got to protect your workers, don't you? So that's, that's important.
1: During the pandemic then, did you find that, um, you know, when they did find that they did have to shut the schools, um, how did they find the, the workloads, um, you know, that was impacting on teachers? Like what was that like? Uh,
2: that, that was difficult mainly because teachers don't have a lot of training in your online um Online education—it's a very specialist field. Teachers are trained through their degrees to uh, be in front of kids, to be to be essentially, um, yeah, having the kids in the same room, seeing facial cues, being able to have groups working together. Uh, you know, the groups. There's also ways of kids leading other kids. There's a whole bunch of different different. Uh, techniques that we use as teachers, and then all of a sudden you've just got yourself a computer and a whole bunch of kids sitting in their at their lounge room tables or in their bedrooms or wherever they are around around the uh, around the suburbs near you, and it really disconnects. So your workload um, becomes more from a paperwork perspective, but it also becomes more as far as your thinking because you have to think of all new ways of getting the kids engaged. So. Your brain doesn't really switch off, so when you think of the word workload, I'd, I'd put it to more to the fact that there's there's work that you do, there's typing and all that sort of reporting and everything. But there's also when you, when the day finishes, you you're always thinking and thinking of the next lesson, what you've got to do. So the workload's more of a, 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 a brain load. I, I put that word into the into the mix
1: yeah
0: in in the previous episode we chatted with asha and rosie about their experience um rosie in particular finishing grade 12 um and there was definitely that sense that they were talking about around uh it's it seemed like schools really didn't move fast enough like sure no one saw this coming but it was as well like uh you know what are the things that we can do now um And to really try to put an an immediate plan in place, knowing that this thing is going to roll on for for quite some time. What's your perspective on that, Nick, as a teacher? And how were were schools able to roll out the the changes that they needed to make?
2: Yeah, I I think that it's got a lot to do with the resources that the school already had. So a lot of schools were already using learning management systems like Moodle or Schoolbox. So a lot of them already had that, that system in place, so all they had to do Was Mm -hmm. to just, just increase the, the frequency of the lessons and just to use that as a structure. But if you didn't have that already there, then you really, you were behind the eight ball a long way. So really that, that depended a lot on resourcing, uh, planning, um, and everything that led up to, to that point. I think, I think schools would be more ready now, of course, because they've, they've had this point, um, this pandemic occurred, but, it was mainly the well-resourced schools, and even the schools that had somebody on staff that was um, forward-thinking. Um, they were the schools that were always a little bit more prepared for this. So our school, um, where I teach, was very was very prepared, and the parents were very very happy. Um, but, mm-hmm. So that was a good thing. But I could also imagine there being and a lot of schools out there that, that just miss miss the uh, miss the mark.
0: And this, this is a really interesting point. You teach in a private school at the moment, right? But previously you, you have have experience as well in the public school system. And so I think that this that really feels like there's very big differences in the way schools have been able to respond to that. But since you've got experience in kind of like both of those sides, what are your general thoughts actually on, on how how big or small those differences are?
2: Well, there's the big. I think one of the big ones is the um, the bring your own device uh, within state schools. Um, so you're encouraged to bring your own device, or you you also have uh, a school issued device, which you pay on a subscription program, and you pay for that. Um, but the level of devices that some schools will will give, and some schools will have access to, um, I've I've heard of schools where their device that they were giving was a mobile phone. So mm. there were students doing Word documents on a mobile phone. You can imagine an old oh, iPhone gosh. six trying to do a Word document. So yeah. um and that was that was a school directive that that they were saying you can use a mobile phone to do these things. So I think, you know, there's 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 some real issues there. Um and, and you know that came down to whether the, the parents were able to afford to pay so that's that was an issue, um, you know. So you can imagine equity is a real issue around that. Um, but yeah, that's that was that was a big one because hardware is 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 a massive thing when it comes to accessing, you know, and even internet access and, and those sorts of things. You've got to have, you've got to be able to connect into the into the digital highway with it, or else you're just sitting by the side of the road. So so yeah, mm-hmm. so. Right. there's... Some
1: I actually heard, um, I've read a few things during the pandemic that um, we had some groups of people who were gathering in library car parks to act- access the internet. Had you read about that?
2: Yeah. I've you know, heard, to do
1: their homework?
2: Yeah, I've definitely heard about that. That's um, And even supermarkets, you can get free access in, in um, you know, your, your, yeah. your, your, big, your big shopping centres, so Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a thing. Um, You know, there's lots of people out there that don't have don't have the money to be able to access, and and you know, in a in a system where we pride ourselves on on public schooling, free schooling for all, you know, uh, pandemic was really a a a problem. It created a problem for those, and really the 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 it wasn't fair anymore. People people weren't receiving the same. The same access. The same
1: level, uh, yeah, yeah, and the same access to the curriculum then because, I mean, if people can't afford to get access to, um, you know, an iPad, and I know NAPLAN was all on online this year. Um, so if they can't afford to, and I know NAPLAN isn't for the child, it's really for the school, but still, um, you know, if if you can't afford to get access to the internet and you can't afford to get access to, you know, something like an iPad or something you can, you know, you can use to do Word documents. Well, then you are disadvantaged, aren't
2: you, yeah. in your
1: education now?
2: And on, and on top of that as well, the, the, fact, the fact remains that not all, not all learners are the same. So, you know, there's lots of different ways mm-hmm. of, of learning, whether you, you learn in a place you prefer to learn from your peers, you prefer to learn from a teacher, you prefer to learn by yourself. You know, this this pandemic had everybody learning the, the one way. You all, all had to learn. Essentially, it was it, it you relied on being a self-led learner, whilst you had the teacher in the in the background on the screen saying do this and do that, and there was prompts within the programs that you were using. Essentially, you had to get yourself up to do it, and you had to be you had to be really inspired to do it. And when you have kids out there doing subjects that they're not really interested in, they're not going to find it very easy to be inspired to to do those subjects. So so marks are going to drop, and there's going to be a a, a big mm. a big gap in in some of those um, some of those subjects moving forward because computers can't do it all. You have to have a teacher in front of you, and I know lots of people mm. say you know you, you don't, but we are humans. We we have to have human interaction and a feedback loop within a within a, when a teacher is standing in front of thirty kids what they're seeing is like an air traffic controller. There's so many things happening.
1: Yeah. So much
2: information coming back and forward and, and you're, you're juggling a lot of things, but it's, it's, it's a rich environment and kids are learning all the time within that environment. But when you put them in front of a screen, and as unfortunately we had to do, there's going to be some things which are going to suffer. And, and yeah, in a lot of cases, um, I, I couldn't imagine myself doing grade 12 last year or, or this year Last year would have been worse, but this year would just be such a massive challenge.
1: Yeah, I found that really interesting that, um, you know, they kept um, a lot of the, like, uh, apparently, I mean, uh, they kept a lot of the special schools open um, so that, you know, they. I'm not really sure the reasoning behind it, but I think it was so that they could keep sort of respite going Mm -hmm. Um, more than anything Um, but um, you know I'm hoping that we kind of move towards inclusive education have you heard of this before like where we kind of move everybody into the same school Um, I know that with the pandemic you didn't have any naughty kids in your classroom then Um, you know to to sort of like did you feel like it was maybe better because you didn't have everybody in the classroom I don't no, know, do you have
2: thoughts no, about all of this stuff. No, I, no, it's very, you know, if I wanted to be a, for myself, I love working with kids, that's why I got into it, you know, from the circus I and mean, all of that, but if I wanted to just, you know, be on the keyboard all the time, I'd, I probably would have taken a different job, you know, you, to be a teacher, you've got to be interested in, in working with kids and Naughty kids are part of the job, and they're not really naughty. There's no such thing as a naughty kid. They're just challenged, challenged in a little. They're just different, you know. Like, you know, there's, jails are Jails are filled with adults, not not kids. <laughs> adults are the problems, not kids. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Also, the, the sorry, Tim. Um. Did you want to go? The messaging that um, is coming is from teachers, I feel is quite confusing sometimes. But the major message that we tend to hear is workloads um, and that the workloads are huge. But then, you know, we get the, you know, the, the everyday person says, oh, well, they only work from like nine to three and they get all of the school holidays off. So what are they complaining about? Um. Can you like set the story straight of like what, oh, what what is the message that is the problem with teaching?
2: Well, um, I actually because I was a teacher wasn't a teacher all my life. I, I, I hear their story. I hear the, the other side of the story. I, you know, we we do work um, a, a shorter day in many cases, and you know I'm on holidays right now. I'm on school holidays, and I get I get about between nine and ten weeks holiday a year. So I, I'm not I'm not complaining so much about the workload and I wouldn't say it's a workload. When I look at when I look at a teacher I'd say we're if there was an Olympic sport, we're like the sprinters. So we've got a lot to do in a short period of time. So our our year is more condensed, it's it's shorter. So we're doing a lot in a real quick space of time. We've got to get all the assessment done, we've got to get an event organized, we've got to get um We've got to take care of the kid who's just thrown up at the same time as as making sure this child over here isn't fighting with the other one. So the workload isn't so much that it's always the same, but during the term time, we go, 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 go. And we don't, you know, we very rarely work from nine to three. We'll always work, you know, most of us anyway, will at least at least go from eight to four. So it's a, very, it's a regular nine to five day. So... Same amount of hours, but, um, yeah, I'd I'd say that the workload isn't, isn't, um, isn't long all the time, but it's really condensed. And when it is, when we are busy, we are very, very busy and we've got a lot of things to do. But in saying that, um, you know, I'd look at the term structure, I'd wonder why we have four terms. I'd wonder why we go from nine to three, like, so many cars on the road at the same time every time of the day why are we doing yeah. why are we still having the same structure for these things when you know really we could after the pandemic we, we could have such a different array you know there's no reason that, that we have to keep the school day the same the same length it's because we have online learning we have other ways of learning um, even though it's not perfect yet but we could do so many things differently um, we don't have to have you know busy traffic hours at the same time. We don't have to do all the, the same th- ways that we've done it. And maybe teacher, teachers will be uh, will have tra- changed massively in the next 10 years and you know, it's exciting.
0: That I think that that's a, such a good point. It's like, yeah, this event, the pandemic, you know, was like a disaster in so many instances, but has shifted things in such a way that perhaps we can take some learnings from that into the future. There's this kind of like meme online about you know the boardroom table and all everyone sitting there with their titles and then there's like a coronavirus you know uh, bubble sitting in a chair with the with the job title like digital transformation and it's like you know th- th- in in companies in corporations businesses that have been able to to actually go remote introduce flexible work uh and just provide a better kind of experience and better benefits for for employees interested in this idea, actually of schools. And I think that that point you make about traffic and you know the school drop-offs and pickups, um, perhaps being staggered and just kind of working differently. Do you think that there's other kind of learning and teaching methods that we can take from the pandemic and apply?
2: Well, yeah, I think there's um, well. You know, you could do a mixture, we know what, what parts of digital, um, digital learning and online learning work, we know that some of it works, we know that we've got to get our equity, um, we've got to make sure everybody has access, access if we're going to do it a certain way, but also we have, we have so many different kids with so many different opportunities now and, and they don't need to fit perfectly into a box. So giving them the ability to be a, because really students now have such a, they've got such a choice. They don't have to do exactly how, you know, we've done it before and we've said it before. We don't have, they don't have to do it the same way. So giving them more options and being able to cater for, for their, um, their diversity and their learning styles, I think would be a, would be a huge, a huge difference for, for us, you know, because there's, there's so many things which are going to change after this. There's so many ways that students can, can express themselves and jobs that, you know, that they can prepare for by being, yeah, just being, uh, having a, the ability to have, yeah, more choice. You know, we don't have to do everything the same way it was before. These kids now are seeing there's so many other ways of doing it. Because and, and you were um, saying
1: you can also do your um, TAFE at school yes. too now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you got you got TAFE at school. You've got there's, a, there's massive amounts of um, of options that kids have. So so we don't have to we don't have to keep doing everything the same way. I guess is my, my main point. But yeah, um, you've got TAFEs in schools. You've got kids who who are um, sportsmen. You know they're they're playing particular sports. Let's let's get let's lift them up. That that's a way of uh, a great way of um, of learning and showing showing new development. Um, and there's also industry getting industry much more involved in schools because it's industry that receives the kids after all this training. So there can't be such a such a, a disconnect between the two. There has to be a real gateway between between industry and schools. Um, so seeing what they want as well would be, a, would be a big thing.
1: What about kids getting their driver's licence in school? I mean, because I know that, you know, kids on the south side had a really hard time getting things like lessons during the pandemic. And I mean, they have a hard time getting the 100 hours anyway, because their parents are both working or they don't have a car in the family, you know. I mean, how are kids on in Logan supposed to get their license?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great point. And there's a lot of um, there would be a, a, a lot of connections that we could make to, to to get those kids helped through. There'd be a lot of people out there who, who would have cars, you know, people who are retired that could that could help out and wouldn't you know would mind helping out. Um, yeah, I love that idea. I think and and it's in a safe environment. You know, so many kids will will. Get a car and go like okay, you know I've got a car now and, and go off and hurt themselves in it. And we, we you know we don't want that. We want the whole community to help ever to help, every, to help um, these kids out and to and embrace them into the into having a driver's license. Yeah.
1: One thing I absolutely love is that they've taught kids science. You know that schools have taught kids science rather than you know the political narrative of there's no such thing as climate change like these kids are coming out going yes there is like and they're all (laughs) they're they're all going what are you talking about like these kids are really really smart like yeah they they know what's going on they they're so much smarter than what these politicians make out
2: well there's science is science isn't it i mean it's it's based on fact. Politics quite often isn't
1: <laughs> Yes. Yes. And so you can't like the politicians just cannot say anything to these kids because they're coming out of school going, No, that's not true. No, no. We learnt in school. No. <laughs> they they're really, really smart. And and like you say, with their with their devices, they can just look up the truth now. Mm. You know? So politicians just don't they don't have it over them anymore
2: no' that's, that's right and, and you know that's that's all for the best problem definitely
0: oh yeah I, I feel like it you know um, a, a well-educated population can take advantage of better jobs make better decisions like you know when I hear about things like um, Germany um, returning to free, like a hundred percent free university where it was interesting to hear that like we used to have that in Australia. We used to have that especially for a lot of the politicians, uh, that are in now, you know, benefited from, um, yeah, this great opportunity. And then it's been kind of like pared back over the decades. Um, I think kind of like somewhat, somewhat related to that and what you were talking about with, um, yeah, skills-based and trade-based kind of learning. I guess and I I will make a general statement, but in the Logan area, certainly trades uh, are a still a big component of the pathways that kids have through into the workforce. Um, are you seeing any other changes? If we just kind of think about Logan, are, are there any other trends that are, that are happening at the moment?
2: Um, I'd I'd say there's. Well, one, one job that I used to have was, I used to run a trade training centre. So, so trades, trades are, are, are very strong because, you know, you can get straight out of school and get, just jump straight into, in, into the job and you're paying, you're getting paid mm-hmm. straight away. Um, so I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot more, um, apprenticeships starting in grade 11 and grade 12, uh, which is good. So lots of kids have identified by grade 10 really, and this is, this has been happening for, for a while. But they're identifying by, by grade 10 that they're ready to go into into work. So they start one or two days a week and they're, they're into their apprenticeships. Um, but on top of that, one thing that I, I have seen as well is those kids who are doing those apprenticeships and starting that, they're already starting to think about what they want to do after their apprenticeship. So they're going, okay, well, wow. I've got this apprenticeship and I'm going to do this for a certain amount of years and then I'm going to jump into the next thing. And I think, that you know, so that might be um, being a carpenter and then going on to doing engineering or, or something within wow. the same same industry. And they, they're seeing that because they've, they've got both feet in the, in, in the same, they've got two feet in, in different, different fields. One, yeah. they're at school and they're also in industry. So they're seeing the connection between education and industry at the same time. And then they're saying, okay, well, this, this is just a part of my life. This is the first part. I'm going to get this this um, apprenticeship, and then I'm going to get on to the next thing. Because, you know, as, as we know, we we work for about 50 years of our life. If you start working at 17, the time and age is 67, and that's only going to go up. That's 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And when you tell a student that, um, you should see the look on their face when you tell them, okay, you're leaving school. <laughs> um, you've got 50 years before you retire. Yeah. They they don't, um, you know, kids, that's why education is so important. You don't want to be doing something that you hate for 50 years.
1: No, that's Imagine
2: right. that. You, know, you want to be doing something that you love. And even, if yeah. you're, even, and even if you don't necessarily love it, you want to be able to to enjoy it to the degree where you're not unhappy every day of your life going to work. Um, yeah,
1: because you have to go there every yeah. day. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and, and and people don't want I don't think anybody really doesn't want to have a job. I think people want to be valued and want to do want to add something to the world, whether that's you know, volunteering their entire life or doing something, but they don't really you yeah. know, people don't want to just do nothing. They wanna they wanna I, like I believe from. that
1: too yeah i believe that too that people want to work you know and uh, i mean i represent the disability community a lot as well and uh, you know people say that as well that um but but i say that as well that people want to work you know given the tools given the access two yeah. jobs, um, and, you know, that that we want to work, we want to make a difference, we want to leave a legacy, you yeah. know, we want to actually be able to make an impact on society in some sort of positive way that you feel good about yourself, and that you feel that you're making a positive difference, you know, and that you're leaving something behind, that you're mm. somehow changing the world for the better, you know, and that your reason for being here was... Um, you know, for, for a reason, that you're here for a reason, that you're not, um, that you're not here, um, that you're a mistake, you know? Um, yeah, people want to know that, yeah. uh, people want to feel that there is a reason for you making it this far. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, um, this has been a really great chat, Nick. Um, before we let you go, though, uh, we want to ask you what are your three big ideas um, for, you know, how we how we teach students better into the future, whether that's, you know, improving learning outcomes, or indeed your experience as a teacher. Would you have three big ideas?
2: Okay, so thought about these, and I'll just put them down into, into to just single words. So my first one is change. So this is an opportunity for change. It's an opportunity to, to, to really look at things and to sweep sweep away what what's what hasn't worked. So so change is is, is one, you know. Let's let's move away from the the traffic jams in the morning, the, the things that we never liked before and, and let's look at it you know differently. Not just traffic jams, I mean I mean there's so much out there. Um, second one is connection. Connection's important and we can connect online, and we can we can do that. But the the fact is that face to face connection is always going to be important when it comes to you know, humans learning from other from from each other. So connections are, are, are a massive thing. So keep connection, change, keep connection. And finally the last one is training. Um because teachers need to be trained. Kids need to be trained how to learn well if they're going to be doing lots of things online. We can't just throw this, this tool, which is online learning, into the, into the mix and expect everybody to be fine with it. People have to um, receive training. Um, and I think, um, I think that we're, we're close to understanding what it is, what it is we're doing now and, and, and training is going to be a, a, a big one. But, you know, training and education is, is huge throughout our lives for, for so many things. You know, Tim, you know yourself, when you're always learning a new program, there's always something new coming out, and you've always got to add layers and layers of your edu- on top of your education. So, training never stops, education never stops. So, yeah, so my three are change, connection, and training.
0: That's excellent. Good. Yeah. No, really, really great, great big ideas. Well... Yeah, thanks again, Nick. It's It's been really great to have you on. Um, and keep up the great work. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a slog being a teacher and I think that as in community, it's a profession that is undervalued. Um, but yeah, you're doing an awesome job, so. Yes, yeah, we, thank we do you. value
1: you. Thank you for taking care of our next generation, Nick.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem. Um, You've been listening to Beyond the Rona. Caption audio is available on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to visit beyondtherona.com to listen to previous episodes or to get in touch with us. Catch you next time.